Hello. Hey. And welcome to Pop Tarts. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We both are editors at Bust Magazine for Women here in Brooklyn, New York, and we're both major pop culture junkies. And there's nothing that we love more than talking to each other about the pop culture that we're consuming. And now we're going to do that. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to talk to you. Hopefully, you're going to talk to us back. (laughs) So welcome to Pop-Tarts. Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to have two segments. We're going to talk about celebrity responses to the Trump regime. Oh, regime is an excellent description for it. And then we're going to talk about our past week in pop culture, what we've consumed and how we felt about it. It's going to be great. Outing myself as a total fucking dork. Mariah's world. I'm not trying to face shame Gina Davis. Maybe they should be like a religious sex off battle. Cock. There's definitely a joke about pulling out here. Pop culture doesn't always intersect with politics, but I feel like usually it's not supposed to. <laughs> Since the election of Cheeto Voldemort, they're wedded. Yeah, there's no for, separation of for, church and TV anymore. Yeah, there. I mean, every once in a while something will float by that isn't political, but I feel like the last couple of weeks have been wild in terms of pop culture and politics colliding. We haven't uh, done a Pop-Tart since the election. Yeah. We were, for those of you just joining us, we were uh, doing Pop-Tart on uh, Facebook Live. And so if you want to catch up with previous episodes, you can catch those on the bust.com website. But now we're coming to you in proper podcast format. Thanks to our lovely producer, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. And uh, we're ready to talk about politics and pop culture today. Which is terrifying. (laughs) But it's also amazing. I feel like when it comes to celebrities and politics, there's three schools of thought. There's the people who say celebrities should just stick to singing or acting or whatever they do it, and they shouldn't mention it at all. Or they should be like, hey, guys, can't we all just get along? We're, We're all one world, one country, like, let's hold hands or whatever. And then... There's my personal favorite kind, which is celebrities who use their platform to speak up about social issues and who don't give a fuck Those about are my how it will affect their career or backlash. They use their platform to get it out. Obviously, I prefer if those people share my political views <laughs> yeah, and also just if I like them. But in general, I respect the willingness to go out on a limb because not... Everyone has the luxury of, you know, pissing people off by saying what they think. And so I respect it when people do it. How do you feel about it? Same. Like, um, people like Taylor Swift, like, when she voted and everybody was like, who'd she vote for? She had the impact to change people's minds, which kind of sucks. But, I mean, no, no shade on Taylor Swift. But that people are so easily skewed one way or another by... A famous person. So they mm-hmm. should really use it. They know the power that they have. So they should be wielding the knife, you know, the sword wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are people who feel the way that second version of like, can't we all just get along? Nicole Kidman, Matthew McConaughey have been like, let's all unify. Like we're all, you know, this is the president now and let's all get together and put our differences aside. And I'm like this. Yeah, that's just not realistic at all. Yeah. 
But, Matthew McConaughey. And I understand that there are some people who are keeping quiet because they don't have the clout yet. But someone who has all the clout and used it to read Donald Trump to Phil was Meryl Streep oh, at the Golden Globes. What a gem. I'm hoping that this trend is going to continue once the Oscars roll around and that just like the Golden Globes are a precursor to the Oscars in terms of like who's going to get what, they're also a precursor to how people are going to accept yes. awards. And I feel like if things go over well at the Golden Globes, sometimes people try to bite that style at the Oscars. And so people are probably, because there was so much attention given to Meryl Streep, I'm hoping that that trend continues at the Oscars. But she went up there, she got her Cecil B. DeMille Award, and she just went for it. She was talking about how the one performance this year that stunned her was when the uh, campaigning Donald Trump made fun of a disabled reporter. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, someone he outranked in privilege, power, and the capacity to fight back. And he, of course, denied it. He, of course. <laughs> he, he said that he didn't do it, that he would never make fun. Oh, well, I have the quote right here. Uh, Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, I'm so sure, with a straight face. doesn't know me but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. She is a Hillary flunky who lost big for the 100th time. I never mocked a disabled reporter, but simply showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story. Here's the thing. The reporter who changed the story has a medical condition. His arm is held close to his body in a limp sort of way because of a medical condition. And when Donald Trump was imitating him, he did that with his arm. Yes. Like, we were there. We saw it. It isn't even about taking words out of context. I we love were... that he just thinks that he can just say something and rewrite the past, like that we don't have TV. And Even before coining the term alternative facts, he was yeah. just like, he was totally trying to Jedi mind trick. Like, these are not the droids that you were looking for. <laughs> and I would never do that. And there's not an ounce of me that thinks he would never do that. Right. But also, we all saw him do it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that she baited him and he took the bait and it was awesome. And I loved it. Um, do you have any other also, thoughts? Also, shout outs to her orange face. Right. Yeah. What was she doing? What was, what, what she, was she was doing, doing I want to say, a Hillary fundraiser. So it, was, it was definitely a charity event. And she, she went orange face. She dressed as Donald Trump was for a, a theatrical skit. And I didn't see the actual performance, but there was photos of it everywhere, and it's amazing. If you didn't see Meryl Streep dressed as Donald Trump, you should, because it's a gift. (laughs) It's a gift that keeps on giving. But in general, for those who didn't hear her speech, uh, in short, she said that the one performance this year that stunned her, it sank its hooks in my heart, not because it was good, there was nothing good about it, but it was effective and it did its job. It... (laughs) It kind of broke my heart when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. I think she killed it when she said that it wasn't a movie, it was real life, because I think all of us are sitting around going, how is this reality? Right. 
Like I every time I watch the news, I'm like, this has got to be fake. But it, then the alternative facts are actually the fake, and then everything else is real. Like all of those motions, that's all actual reality. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be a lot more comfortable with everything when all of this is over, and when we vote all these jackasses out of the White House, mm -hmm. and we're back on solid, safe ground again, and then someone makes the movie of yeah. this year, God, I can't and wait we'll for this watch movie. it, and we'll hold each other close, and we'll laugh and laugh. Um, <laughs> but I'm not there yet, so until then, I really hope that pop culture people keep speaking out, because it's getting under his skin so it is badly. It's crazy. Like, he can't... He gets his news from the TV, like he's said before. Yeah. And so whenever anybody makes a comment... In his bathrobe. Yeah, so people are just going for him straight up on the TV. There's no point in even writing letters or anything if you're a celebrity. You can just Twitter at him, and you get the response. Mm -hmm. It's expedited, which right. is good, I guess. And I'm, we're all hungry for a new season of Broad City. Yes. So you and I were both gobbling up the video that the Broad City girls put out. We actually gathered around to watch it as a group in the office. In bus headquarters, everyone in the room. Bus headquarters, by the way, is a room. <laughs> yes, it's one room. And we all gathered around uh, Jules's computer. It's our marketing lady. Uh-huh, and to watch the Broad City Inauguration Day video, wherein Abby's in the elevator... I just watched it again before we came over here. It is amazing. Ilana's in her house. She's like, You're in an elevator? Why would you go into a big building today of all days? Abby, it's inauguration day! They're just freaking out. Yeah, and, and then they keep bleeping out Trump's name, but leave every other cuss word in, which I think is amazing. Fuck! Fuck, dude! Fucking They were freaking out, and then um, they got the notifications on their phone that the inauguration happened, that he was sworn in. And then they went on this like super deep, fast, long, expletive-filled tirade. Everyone's gonna be peeing on people, <laughs> grabbing everybody. It was just really um, cathartic to watch because yeah. that whole week, I just felt like my head was gonna just blow off. I mean, I still feel like my head's gonna blow <laughs> off, but the tension was really tight then. Tension was high and they, they addressed it in the best possible way. Fuck me in the fuck fucking This is what the world is doing now! Woman hating fuck fucking daughter fucking fucking This is that Twitter bitch! He's fuck a times. So they, they rewrote the season because they'd already written it thinking Hillary had won. And so they had Shut to go back and door. rewrite. Where'd you read that? Uh, Vanity Fair, I think. That is so exciting. So they rewrote it. Yeah, to put all the Trump madness in. Because it's obviously a different world now. Right. You can't go with a script that seems like we're in a normal world. Right. <laughs> so that's going to be amazing. And I'm so glad that they didn't wait until their season to give us a taste of how pissed off they are. Because their, their feelings on this are my feelings. And yeah. they make me laugh. And I love them. And we need laughter right now. Not just laughing at Trump. We need actual supportive laughter. And they helpfully remind us at the end to Google how to Google your local representative. Which I have Googled how to Google, and I'm writing them <laughs> all the time. Jules in the office is calling 
her boy every day. She's like, we're best friends, her and the congressman. Oh, is she still registered in Pennsylvania? No, she's here. Oh. She's registered here, but, but they're like besties now. The thing is, is that our, our reps here in New York, Kirsten Dillard, Gillibrand, and Chuck Schumer. Schumer's the one she's always hollering at. They're on the right side of history. Yeah. So we can pastor them, but they agree with us. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite the same, but I feel like it's still getting the point across. Yeah. It, the calls still count, but these people are our homies anyway. They're over here. I'm not complaining that they agree with us. I love our elected officials and they're doing a bang up job. I just, um, I acknowledge that it's not the same as if I lived in Wyoming. Yes. Or whatnot. I feel for the middle of America. And I'm not, this is not about celebrities, but I'm not really feeling California jumping ship. We're supposed (laughs) to all be in this together. They've got all the everythings. And if they leave, then it's going to mess up the whole the system. We'll never get a majority. Right. But they're not going Don't to. Don't leave us, California. We love you, Cali. Stay with us. <laughs> we were debating this before we did this segment, wondering if when we're talking about celebrities speaking out against the current administration, if Winona Ryder's face counts. If she didn't actually say anything, but... She stood behind her co-star, <laughs> David Harbour, so from Stranger Things. And he was talking about how he was saying we are united and that we are all human beings. And we are all together in this horrible, painful, joyous, exciting, and mysterious ride that is being alive. Now as we act in the continuing narrative of Stranger Things, we, 1983 Midwesterners, will repel bullies. We will shelter freaks and outcasts, those who have no hope. We will get past the lives. We will, the lies, we will hunt monsters. And when we are at a loss amidst the hypocrisy and casual violence of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the meek and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And while he was giving this... I had to watch this twice because I didn't hear anything he was seeing. My ears shut off because my eyes were focusing it on... It is literally Winona impossible face to journey. listen... Exactly. Winona went on a face journey. It was insane. It was almost like literal choreography, but it was her facial muscles. And then uh, one of the, the kids, sweet little innocent children, mm-hmm. said that um, she just couldn't hear what he was saying. But she was standing next to him so I'm not not really sure how that I hope that's not true because she went through such a wide range of emotions so much I love the one where she's peeking over her shoulder trying to read the thing there were so many so many good looks and I wanted to believe because I love Winona Ryder she still looked precious when she was doing it with the meek little hand fist up she gave the tiny little power fist (laughs) so cute so I have to assume that she heard something yeah and I want to believe that she was supporting his uh, stand against tyranny. But as Maybe far as I know, she hasn't said anything either for or against. She doesn't really speak out much in the public in general. I, well, I can tell you this. Her press schedule is booked for the entirety of the year. So she's brace, speaking to someone. <laughs> she's speaking to someone. Brace yourself for more interviews to come from I don't Twitter, her. but does she have the Twitter? Not that I'm aware of. This is probably why don't we, we don't hear too much. So this is why we debated. Do we put Winona Ryder's face journey in this segment? We couldn't avoid it. I think her face is all of us on Donald Trump. 
whether she <laughs> intended it or not, we yeah, can I adopt think, her face I think her journey, journey her face is like how we all hobbited over here. But my face journey under Donald Trump involves a lot more ugly cry. It involves a <laughs> swollen red nose and mucus and rage tears yeah. more than her face does. But I also have gone gone to a number of other places as I'm well. I'm definitely about to get my period, but while I was getting ready for this and reading everything, I was like five minutes away from crying the entire time because periods and Trump is just trouble. Right. It's just a sea of, of tears. This administration makes me feel like I'm menstrual all the time. Yeah. The never-ending cycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Orange is the new black cast. They got a big SAG award. And they used their acceptance speech uh, to speak out in favor of diversity and against the immigration ban. A little moment from that. In her acceptance speech, Taylor Schilling, she was there surrounded by the very diverse cast of Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. And she celebrated the diversity of the cast, saying, we stand up here representing a diverse group of people representing generations of families that have sought better life here in Nigeria, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Ireland. We know that it's going to be up to us, and all of you probably too, to keep telling stories that show that what unites us is stronger than the forces that seek to divide us. I think it's classy. I think it's very classy, and it sort of reminded me of um, Taraji when she accepted the award and she was talking about... For Hidden Figures. Yeah, for Hidden Figures. Not Hidden Fences. Not Hidden Fences. TM. Oh, man. But um, in case you guys didn't catch that, they kept switching those two titles on the, when they were doing the awards. But she said um, she was talking about how there's a reason why Hidden Figures was important to come out now and not 10 years ago and not two years ago that... And this was, like, I think, in the back room. But that... The time was now because yeah. it's the time for, that we really need the stories because it, the magnitude of these Trump's trying to stop all these voices. So if the only way we can get the stories out is through movies, he can't stop every movie. We, he's probably going to try to stop a lot of things, but he can't shut down the TV and the movies and he can't stop SNL no matter how hard he tries. And <laughs> it's times like this that these things are the outlets that we need to work with. Right. Well, I'm glad you, we can go to SNL since you brought it up. Oh, SNL. Because <laughs> Saturday Night Live this past Saturday this is, it was glorious. gave us the gift of Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. And it was a gift that keeps on giving. I had to keep watching it the next day. I've watched it like three times. It's so funny. I can't believe she keeps her, she doesn't lose her cool, even when she's carrying the, the <laughs> When she grabs the podium and starts assaulting people with it. The, I had forgotten how incredibly circular Sean Spicer's actual logic in real life was when he was talking about the immigration ban and saying, it's not a ban, you called it a ban, I'm calling it a ban because you said it was a ban and I'm using your words. And when she was doing that in the skit, it sounded like an exaggeration, but then when I went back to watch the original press conference that she was talking about, I was like, holy crap, he was so like that. Yeah. I understand that Sean Spicer responded saying he doesn't chew that much gum. <laughs> and for the record, he eats gum. He doesn't he, chew it. He swallows the gum, which he's we were discussing. swallower. Maybe blocking up his bowel movements, why, which is why he's full of shit. There you have it, folks. Science. Don't. <laughs> Alternative fact. <laughs> eat the gum. 
But yeah, he, he refuted the amount of gum, but he didn't seem to have any problem with how she characterized him at the press conference. As such a moneymaker, I wonder why he isn't sponsored by a gum company. It's early in the administration. <laughs> Though if I was Orbit, which I think is his gum of choice, I would stay, I would stay far, far away from spicy as I could. Spicy is such a good nickname for But him. yeah, apparently that, from what I read, Donald Trump's main beef with that whole episode was that he doesn't like his cabinet picks to, feel, to, to appear weak. And, and having him being portrayed by a woman ticked him off because it's a sign of weakness. So now people are lobbying SNL to please have all of his cabinet picks and him and everyone. And Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell is probably going to play Steve Bannon. Which I love. Yeah. Though I did it. like him as the Grim Reaper. Yeah, but didn't they do that like in previous administrations? Also? I was thinking I, I felt like I'd seen it I feel it like before. during George W. Bush, they had Dick Cheney as the angel of death also. That makes sense, but Bannon is way scarier. But I just want him to be made fun of more. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like Rosie O'Donnell's got the chops. I don't think she'll hold back for sure. She's going to go hard. And don't then I also back, saw on that they, people were putting suggestions on who should play who. And Streep came up in orange face as Trump. Yeah, I just think that she's too classy. Even when she's playing orange face. I know that she's the greatest actor Actress of her generation. Of, of all time. Of all time. But I just feel like her class would shine through so much. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to drop it and go, go ham, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I, I would love it for as many women as possible to play members of the cabinet because it bothers them and they're sexist assholes and they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to really get under their skin. Nobody mentioned Carson, though. I want, I want to know who would play Carson, man. He kills me. He is, why aren't they making fun of him more? Yeah, I, I know that maybe they'll bring back Jay Farrow. Fat Jay Farrow. Because his Carson was good. I don't think I saw his Carson, but sometimes I miss a lot of SNL. It was sleepy, sleepy. That's the look. Like when he was a meme of him wandering off at, during the inauguration and walking by himself. <laughs> oh, man. That was the best in that corridor. And he just became road, presidential roadkill. Everyone just kept walking past him. Oh, my God, Carson. The poor dear. Oh, man. What else do we got here? It's important to note... Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Kimmy K. It was, of course, a living nightmare that Kanye West was saying that he would vote for him, that he went and posed with him in Trump Tower. We can only attribute this to mental illness. Exactly. I was saying this is when his breakdown was happening, and now he's deleted all the tweets and any reference to it, and I think that's because he's coming out of the fog. He's coming out of the fog. He's come back to us, Kanye. We want... George Bush doesn't care about black people, Kanye. Yes. We don't want Trump administration, Kanye. Yeah, how can he flip over from that to... But Kim K was not having any of that. No, she has... It's been noted that Kim Kardashian has 50 million Twitter followers, which is twice as many as Donald Trump. I and wonder if Donald Trump would call that alternate facts. He can look at the numbers. <laughs> it doesn't matter to him. He, no, it doesn't matter to him. But she, and I feel like as to date, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only sort of overtly political tweet that 
has come from her since the election, where she just posted literally a statistical chart of number of Americans it's such a good burn. killed annually with Islamic jihadist immigrants at two, and then followed by far right-wing terrorists at five, and all Islamic jihadist terrorists, including US citizens at nine, armed toddlers at 21, <laughs> lightning at 31, lawnmowers at 69, <laughs> being hit by a bus at 264, falling out of bed 737. I was shocked that 737 Americans are killed annually by falling out of bed. I actually knew someone in college who fell out of the dorm window from a bunk bed. Did they die? He fell out of the window. Yeah, he died. <gasps> I mean, I didn't know him. I mean, he was like in my dorm. But I'm here for you. Yeah. I mean, it was like the windows opened opposites and his opened in. I think they had to like fix the way the windows are. But anyway, the so I'll being, believe it. Way more than Islamic jihadist immigrants and trumping all of those being <laughs> shot by another American, 11,737. So she didn't even have to say, like, I am for, I am against, I travel ban this. Like, she just... She just said, I'm going to drop this here. I'm going to drop this here and let you guys check it out. And it was, at the time that this was screencapped, it was liked 383,649 times and retweeted 203,000 times. I wonder um, what Caitlin is thinking now because she was pro-Trump. I think she still is on record as being a, a party gal. That is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. But I don't, I haven't heard from her recently about it. I read something right before the election that when she was saying that she would never vote for Hillary, but that she wasn't endorsing anybody, but I think that was because she got a ton of backlash, most mm -hmm. likely, and was trying to save face, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and the last thing that I was going to bring up before we move on to our next segment is we went to the Women's March on Washington. Mm -hmm. We represented. It our was, butts were there. It was thick. It was thick. It was wild. It was pink. Yeah. And we were nowhere near... Anywhere where we could hear any of the speeches. Except Madonna. I caught, we, we caught, heard, turned I, the corner right when Madonna was saying that she wanted to burn the White House down, that she thought about burning the White House down, is right when I was like, She oh. thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House, but I know this won't change anything, which isn't the same as threatening to burn right. down the White House and everyone needs to relax. Yeah. Um, and yes, I remember her hearing her say, it took this horrific moment of darkness to wake us the fuck up. I loved it. That's the only person I saw speak because we were mostly standing and then walking a couple seconds and then standing. <laughs> but it was worth being there just to stand in a crowd because it was very moving. But all the, um, of, of the people that spoke, Ashley Judd, man, that was amazing. Yeah, she was do, going back to like deaf poetry jam. Yeah. But the poem was by a 19-year-old. I was so impressed. It was amazing. This, this excerpt from the poem, it was about nasty women. Uh, she said, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, and white privilege. See, this is what I want from my celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate what Kim Kardashian did, but I want them to say, to call it by what it is, and to say it, and to use their platform of celebrity to call it out. Because this dude is so desperate to be liked. Exactly. Our president is such a star fucker, such a fame whore. Like, such... He's so desperate 
for to be liked and adored by everyone, but especially by high status people like the Hollywood elite. This is what I want from you guys. We made you guys famous. Now you guys need to pay us back by reading Donald Trump to filth. Yes. At every possible sort of like the, available. A moment. weird version of a rom com where he's hoping that somebody will just take his ponytail down and take him out of the overalls and then everybody will love him. <laughs> well, like he's gonna take his glasses off and take the bum yeah. off and the librarian will be the hot Yeah. And then and then he's gonna be popular. But no amount of hair shuffling is gonna help that man. Yeah. I mentioned this to your office and you hadn't or in the office and you hadn't read about it. Speaking of people shouting out, Rihanna and Azalea Banks went in on Twitter and Instagram once Azalea Banks got kicked off Twitter again. Can you tell me why Azalea Banks got kicked off Twitter again? Well, so Rihanna, after the, the ban that is not a ban, that is a ban, uh, she posted, disgusting. This news is devastating. America is being ruined right before our eyes. What an immoral pig you have to be to implement such BS. And then Azalea Banks comes in and goes, as far as Rihanna, who isn't a citizen and can't vote, and all the rest of the celebrities who are using their influence to stir the public, you lot really, really need to shut up and sit down. Stop chastising the president. It's stupid and pathetic to watch. All of these confused people confuse other confused people. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> right? And then She's just so contrarian. I literally think she just sits back and wonders, like, what will get the most hate attention? I think, I think she's also a mental, on the verge of a mental break of some sort. At least that makes me feel better about her being so outlandish. But then after, she goes on and she says, hoping, hoping the president fails is like getting on an airplane and hoping the pilot crashes. What do you think, what makes you think the USA is going to enter the Middle East, destroy a bunch of shit, and pull out without any real repercussions? There's definitely a joke about pulling out here and not having repercussions, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but Rihanna clapped back with a picture of her face, her making a kissy face, and she was like, this is the face, the face you make when you're an immigrant. And then um, hashtag, you know, uh, Azalea with the dead chickens in the closet yes. bit. And so she put hashtag stay away from the chickens, hashtag I heart nuggets, hashtag save our hens. And then just to fill in the gap. Apparently there was some voodoo practice. Probably Santeria. Santeria magic happening that involved chicken sacrifice in her closet in an unsanitary fashion. One can only assume that she was not doing the Santeria to help her career because that didn't go anywhere. We're talking about her now. True, but not fondly. That's right. Um, so then this is when things go ham. Banks goes, what Rihanna meant was, I grew up playing soccer in a dirty yard with a coconut and opened my legs for any and every motherfucker who thinks I can get to write, I can get to write me songs or buy me drugs. I can barely perform because I line my brown blunts with crystal meth and I'm often very winded on stage. She ends it with, and I'm often, often very, very winded. winded on stage. And then, P.S., you need cardio. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Queen Rhee, just her reply was a video of her playing soccer with some kids in uh, Mal Malawi. Is that Malawi? Yeah, because she was there on a charity trip, and she goes, "Today's lit as fuck. Played soccer on a dirty field with some beautiful kids." <laughs> oh, Rihanna! So now that Azalea is suspended again from Twitter, 
I won't know how that ends, but whew, I I'm love sure it. She'll be back. She came after the wrong person on that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if you follow, but Chrissy Teigen. She got in a car accident. No, but she's okay. Oh, because she is a Twitter gem. That lady, mm -hmm. always going in, always going in on Trump. And I saw an interview on USA Today Sports where they were talking about how. Uh, Trump had posted, we must keep the evil out of this country, and she replied at Trump, what time are we calling your Uber? <laughs> and then she gets interviewed about it on the, the USA Today, and she goes, I've actually been a big Donald Trump hater for a long time. I've been trolling him about five to seven years now. <laughs> she was there first. She goes, I've been doing this forever, and I take pride in that. <laughs> Has she really, though? Yeah. She's been trolling Donald Trump for seven years? Yeah, and John, uh, John Legend was like, Oh, she has. Oh, she has. <laughs> she has always thought he was terrible. I'm sure probably because she went to the Comedy Central roast in 2011 and wrote, this is the best room I've ever been in. <laughs> she is a, a gem. I love her. What, what else do we got? Well, I thought that now we would segue into what I'd like to become a recurring segment with you and I called Our Last week in pop culture. Usually when we're at Bust Headquarters, I'll be like, what are you watching? Because you live in the future and I want to watch everything that you watch. Then you ask me if I saw this, I ask you if you do that. And we've been saving it up. Yes, and hoarding. Not, not having those regular conversations. And I'm bereft, but I know that it's for a good cause so that we can have that conversation on the mic instead of off. So I ask you, Callie Watts, how has your week been in pop culture? What did you consume? Mariah's World. Oh, yeah? Where'd you watch it? What platform? I, and I never download apps. Had to download the E app to watch. I got three free episodes. So like a smart lady, I watched the last one first and then we did the first two. <laughs> so I could at least catch up on what I was going to miss by watching the recap. <laughs> I heard there's some pajama goals on that. Everything. She always lounges. She never sits upright. It's insane. Like, she'll be on the counter, but laying down. Her shoes are absurd. It actually made me feel like I am very happy that I am not Mariah Carey, because her feet must be shambles every night. Does she walk in the shoes, or does she just lounge in the shoes? She walks in the shoes. She went on, like, a safari with her kids in these, like, stiletto, like, four-inch stiletto, five-inch stiletto heels. She had to hold somebody, her assistant's shoulder the whole time over cobblestone, and I was like, what? But I feel like she drinks a lot, and it may be to numb the feet. But if you drink a lot, that would make your balance even more shaky just on tiny Hence the laying all the time. Right. I know one time I was in a photo shoot, um, with Velvet D'Amour, do you remember? I remember this. It was beautiful. And she dressed me up in all these outfits, and she wanted me to wear heels, and I was like, can't walk in them. And so I was just lounging on her stairs with these, like, giant heels that I could, I could literally not take three steps on. But if you're lounging, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, no one, chances of Mariah ever having to sprint is probably .007. But she busts moves. She dances in these things on stage. It's amazing. It's absurd. 
Have you caught up? You haven't seen it at all, right? Not even once. Scandalous. But I will download the app if that's what it takes. Callie and I both are TV free because we work for Bus Magazine and have no <laughs> money. So we um, do all the apps. I do Hulu and Netflix mostly. And then... I take my uh, roommate's... Netflix and my roommate's Hulu. And I have my mom's HBO Go. Password. I have my husband's HBO Go. <laughs> we make it work. Yeah. The other day somebody was watching the HBO Go and I couldn't watch it because I think there was somebody watching the same thing. Rude. The other show that I've been binging on, The Santa Clara Diet. Here's the thing. I want to watch it, oh, but I have a Jewish stomach. It is gore. And some things make me nauseous. Like I have to be choosy about my zombie slash cannibalism. And I heard graphic. that it was like so incredibly gory that I haven't put my dipped my toe in that pool, even though I love Drew Barrymore. It's not as gory as a whole, but there are some v- vomit makes me want to vomit. Like I'm one of those people that if I see somebody vomit, I'm going to throw up on their vomit and then they're going to throw up on my vomit and then we're going to keep vomiting forever. Mm-hmm. So the vomit gets to me and the vomit is Mm-hmm. But the gore is at a minimum. Okay. But I, I watched a lot of gore, so my level of gore is higher than most people. But it's, Drew Barrymore is such a gem. I'm glad that she's back. She has the cutest little lispy side voice situation. Yeah. And so talking about her eating people is... The premise is funny. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm happy for it, but I haven't seen it. It's good. Well, what are you, what are you binging on? Well... As you can see, I brought a little list here to refer to, and it's really long. Oh, it wasn't man. until I started logging that I realized what a pop culture junkie I am. I'm consuming things, like, all day. That's well, part of the job, too. It's part of the job, but Which it, makes I, me feel this less came bad about first. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I got this job because I've been doing this since I was a child. I really feel like you need to be on trivia shows. So I have watched and read and listened to things all day, every day, when I'm not, and even when I'm working, occasionally I'm, I'm doing it, because sometimes it's part of the job. But I'm, so I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through every single thing, because there's so many things, but I picked out a, a couple things per day of the past <laughs> week. Um, one thing I want to mention that definitely counts as pop culture, but is outing myself as a total fucking dork <laughs> is that I'm I think the last person on the earth who's still playing Pokemon Go ah and here's the thing that's so <laughs> exciting that happened in the last week with Pokemon Go they vastly improved the Wi-Fi in many large subway stations yes which, which I means I in Union Square I can both wait for the train and stand under one of the best Pokemon Go spots <laughs> in the city at the same time. Like, I don't have to linger in Union Square catching pokes and then catch the train. I can literally wait for the train and catch the pokes at the same time. It's a life changer. I've been getting to work 10 to 12 minutes earlier. Is that the correct, uh, what is it, nomenclature for that? Catch a poke? I don't know. I, I just... That sounds like you're getting laid. <laughs> right. I'm out here catching pokes. <laughs> I should start calling getting laid catching pokes. I'm going to as of now. <laughs> but in this case, I meant catching pocket monsters, which also sounds like getting laid. But Pokemon is short <laughs> yeah, for pocket, pocket monster. monster. I did not know that either. <laughs> which also sounds like dicks. Yeah. But in this case, I just that mean like little cartoon monsters. Um, so that's like literally life-changing that I can play it 
while I'm waiting in the subway. I can't, you know, like, and for a little while when the train leaves the station, but then it No pokes away. for you. But then they come back at Canal Street and then they're gone again. <laughs> and then they come back on the Manhattan Bridge and then and they're, they're gone, gone again. again. But then they come back at 36th Street. <laughs> it's a whole new world of pokes. I got so many pokes that I had the thing where it was like, you have too many pokes, you have to empty your stash of pokes because there isn't even any more room for more pokes. So I had to get mm -hmm. rid of them. Fucking slut. <laughs> so yeah so we're talking about last Wednesday and also Netflix is so amazing and so I'm outing myself as a total fucking dork again part two electric boogaloo <laughs> one reason that I love Netflix so much is that they have every episode of every Star Trek I do not know if I've ever seen a full Star Trek I am way more into a Trek than a war I know that there are Star Wars people and there are Star Trek people, and I am firmly Do we travel in... in time. Is it like Quantum Leap, but in space? I could see how you would think that because Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap is actually one of the captains. <laughs> okay, okay. But and sometimes they do travel through time because they'll like there there will be like a, a very special episode here or there where they get into some kind of like black hole time warp situation, and then there'll be like multiple universes and. Like, oh, I'm in the past. Oh, I'm in the future. Oh, ah. this is like my alternate self who's wearing dominatrix gear because that's what my alternate life is like. But in general, they're just happening in the future. And so I watch it to go to sleep. And I can, I watched every episode of every series at this point. So I can just bounce around between all the different series whenever I want. And I know like in general what's happening. So I was watching Deep Space Nine on Netflix this week just sort of like somewhere in the middle. And I was realizing that, okay, so there's this chief engineer named Miles O'Brien. He has this hot Asian wife, Keiko, and they make her be such a gnarly bitch all the time. And I think it's like, the thing that's really infuriating is Star Trek is really awesome in that there's like always men and women who are like on part, one of the captains is a woman, like, Men and women are equal in the future. Oh, There's I like all that. this equality and they do whatever. But for some reason, this engineer has a wife and she has, they have a child and she is volunteers to be a teacher on the space station. And so she's doing like this traditional things. And then like she's actually a scientist. And so she goes away for like a long period of time to do like a big science experiment and they treat her like she's like the worst wife and mother in the history of time because... Are there any other mothers on the... No. So there's nothing to compare her to, jerks. There's other kids on the station and they have single dads. What the fuck? I know. So I was like, usually I'm all for how like Star Trek is like so awesome and not sexist. But in this particular, this, this episode that I was watching, I was like, come on. <laughs> like the one child on this space station with, a, with an actual mom. And they're going to throw a shake. Oh, she's so neglectful. She's never around. I'm like, give me a break. She's around more than the other not there moms. Right. <laughs> so that was last Wednesday. Thursday, I, want, I, watch, I try to watch Seth Meyers the day after it airs on Hulu every day because his Trump coverage is yeah, sweet. Yeah, I do watch that. He's awesome. It's really good. Like, you can basically turn it off after the first 10 minutes, but I don't because he has this writer named Amber Ruffin. She's hilarious. She's a woman of color. She's adorable, and she's the best. And, like, I would say a couple 
two, three times a week, <laughs> she'll show up and we'll do something amazing. I feel so like I know who you're talking about. I keep, have you ever seen him do the thing where, like there's jokes that Seth can't tell? No. He does stuff that it would be much better if a woman and or a woman of color and or a gay woman. I'm so glad that he appreciates that that's back So he has them do it instead. But Amber Ruffin was on on Thursday and she just like read Trump's Black History Month speech. Oh my God, that was a mess. And it was just really, really super funny. And I love everything that she does, and I want Amber Ruffin to get her own show, and I'm saying it right now. You heard it here first. That Frederick, Frederick Douglass thing was, I mean. He's doing a great job. People are recognizing him more and more, I've noticed. Oh, my God. Give me a break. And then the whole Holocaust thing. Oh, God. Oh, God. You can't make that shit up. It's just too, I know. too fucking ridiculous. And did you see the fake... Uh, Frederick Douglass Twitter that they yes, started? Yes, the fake Frederick Douglass Twitter was definitely an important moment in pop culture this past week. Oh my god. I knew that was going to be only a matter of time before that. Yeah, and it was like not even that much time. Yeah, it was like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, another thing that I really enjoyed on Thursday, I was listening to the So Many White Guys podcast, which is what Phoebe Robinson does when she doesn't do Two Dope Queens. Yeah, and doesn't she do it with, uh, who's the other person she does that with? Well, Ilana Glazer produces Right, it, that's who I was But thinking she's the of. only host. And she had Charlemagne the God on. Oh my God. And he's, you know, he's a very savvy broadcaster. And I personally would feel a little shy about stepping to him, but she Yeah, because he will call you out. There. She went there and she, like, talked to him about certain things that he said that are sexist. She talked to him about things that he says that are fat shaming. Tell, told him that it wasn't okay. I was like... What, what was his response? You know, he... I feel like he was more willing to backpedal on the sexism than the fat shaming. Of course. He's, <laughs> he's, I think he's very staunchly one of those, like, oh, I'm just going to make fun of fat people because... Um, everyone should be healthy. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, um, but he was much more willing to listen to her on the sexism front, and I appreciated it. Well, at least he's opened it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading two things this week. Well, one thing I finished and one I'm still reading that are good. There's this, one of my favorite poets ever, Denise Duhamel, has a new book that's coming out. I think actually it might even be coming out in a week or two, but I got a review copy. Denise Duhamel is this amazing feminist poet. I don't, I used to be like a total poetry head back in college. I got over it, but there's some people <laughs> whose work remains important to me. And yeah. she is one of them. And she has this new book called Scald. And it's about feminists and feminism, but also about pop culture. Oh my God, she wrote a book for you. She wrote a book for me. And it's amazing and I love it. And I read it all this week because... But you, you know what you think? It's like, oh, this is a book of poetry. I'm going to read it tonight. But that stuff is dense. Yeah, you got to process it or you're not reading it. So it, it actually took most of the week to get through it because I had to sit with it. I find that I'm not reading enough now because we get the internet on the train again. <laughs> right, right. So it's cut into my reading time quite a bit. But I've also been But now I'm trolling blogs more. A God in Ruins by Kate Atkinson. Like a few years ago, everyone was reading Life After Life, which is like this crazy book where this, it's like uh, pre-World War I, this girl is born and then she dies right away. And then she's born again. And then she lives a little bit while longer and then she dies right away. And like, like every time she dies, she just starts her what whole life. What is this, life. the OA? <laughs> Wasn't that like the premise of the OA kind of, that the woman just keeps dying and coming back? 
kind of, but not really because this, like every time she like lives a little bit longer and she starts to remember like little fragments from her past life. So that was life after life. And then this book that I'm reading now, I've got in ruins, is the sequel about her brother. Uh-huh. And he doesn't keep dying and coming back. It's just like about him. But it's nostalgic and well-written and I enjoy it. And well-written. It's well-written, but the, the complicated part of like this modern urban life is that I tried to get it from the library, I had to be on a long waiting list. Then it finally showed up at the library and it was, the library was closed and then they took it away before I could get it. So I had to oh. wait on this waiting list and then I got it on, they have this thing called 3M Cloud Reader so I could actually download this app from the New York Public Library and read it on my phone. And I'm like, the future is now. But then... You could download it from the library? You can get an app from the library where you can read it, but they give you, just like a library book, only a certain amount of time, and then you have to return it, and I'm not done with it. And so then I put it on the waiting list again for the actual paper book, and then I have to be back on the waiting list again for the e-book, and this is like how it works at the New York Public Library, because there's a million erudite fucking people on this island, and we all want the same books. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I have to say. Shout out to New York Public Library and their 3M Cloud Reader, but also... Yeah, that sounds amazing. Can a girl live? Yeah. And just give me some time to read this, like, 500-page book. You may have to just break down and buy it, man. Come on now. Ah, I sell it back to the don't, don't get hysterical. Don't get crazy. <laughs> um, I want to shout out to the fact that it was Lunar New Year this past weekend. Yes, it was. And I feel like dragons going buck wild in the street counts as pop culture. Do you agree? I agree. There were dragons going buck wild (laughs) in the streets of Chinatown. And it's like one of the reasons why New York is the fucking I didn't make it over there. I wanted to go. I forget what I was doing on Saturday. But I did not make it. But it's the year of the... Cock. The year of the cock. I should have known that right off the top. <laughs> so go for it. Because it's the year of the cock. Get, get your pokes. Get cocky like a rooster. And I also saw a movie that I hated so much. I feel like I have to get on this mic and warn everyone to what not watch that? it. What was that? It's on Hulu. Hulu has like a horror section. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Den. Did you ever hear about that movie? No. Do you remember back in the day when we were at... Not the last office, but the office before. Callie and I have been together on this bus journey for a long time. Yeah, 14 years. Something like that. Something like that. So, do you remember when we were playing with Chat Roulette? Yes. So, Chat Roulette was totally this thing. It's still around. Allegedly, it's still around. I have a friend that uses it to jerk off. So, like, you just go on there and it randomly just, like, puts you onto the webcams of, like people all over the world mm-hmm. and we would we turned it on at bust like for like a couple of weeks and it was just like dicks 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 year the cock dicks, dicks. <laughs> yeah. so somebody decided to make a horror movie based on chat roulette but instead of calling it chat roulette it was called the den that was the name of the website and so this girl with like the most unimaginative sociology experiment of all time gets a grant to just write about the people that she meets on the den, which is chat roulette. All right. <laughs> so already I'm like, yeah. Okay, so she goes on there and there's dicks, 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 dicks. dicks. So I'm like, oh, it's just like real life. And then of course, like a psycho killer somehow manages to take 
control of her computer. Oh, I was picturing she it. would see a, a murder happening. That too. Of course. That among every, ter every terrible thing that you don't want to happen, that Im it involves like, if you're like communicating with strangers on the internet. So he's got her IP address, he comes to the crib. Every terrible thing happens all at once and nobody believes her and she's frantic and it's so bad. I was furious. <laughs> is it just bad acting or just the all around? The script is bad. The premise is bad. It's scary in terms of violence, but also bad. <laughs> I can't, I, I feel like I just want to like do an intervention and tell anybody who's like, oh, I wonder what this, what, like, I'm, I'm such a sucker for like horror movies that feature a woman, mm -hmm. like the last girl. I want to watch a horror movie about a woman. Have you seen Little Sister yet? Is that what it's called? I think it's called no, Little Sister. Good? Yeah, that one's really good. But and I will preface this by saying, <clears throat> Two days previous to the den, I watched Sharknado 4. There's a fourth? Yes. Sharknado oh 4 Lord. is on Netflix. This particular. I only made it to two. The den is on Hulu. I enjoyed Sharknado 4 more than the den. That says a lot. And it is garbage. Oh, another show I've been watching is The Detour, which I think may be produced by Samantha B. Really? It's a. Um, I don't, the guy in it. It was a correspondent on The Daily Show. And it's like a family goes on, or they're supposed to go catch a flight, and the dad tries to save some money and doesn't tell the wife. So they, instead of flying to driving to the airport, he starts driving to Florida. Weird. And then, of course, all the shit goes to shit. Uh huh. And then it turns out that he had been fired from his job before he left, and that's why he didn't get the plane tickets. Uh huh. It looks like it's gonna be, I'm on episode three now. It looks like it's shaping it's up to be pretty good. What, yeah. what platform? I believe this is on the Hulu. Okay, okay. On Monday, my favorite pop culture things were both podcasts. Ah, what you got? I listened, I went back a few weeks to listen to the WTF Mark Marin interview with Martha Plimpton. I love Martha Plimpton. She's so awesome. Like, I could listen to her, like, cranky New York accent all day, every day. I love her. She is a delight. If you haven't listened to it, Listen to it before they put it behind the paywall because they only keep it up for a little while and then they put it behind the paywall. So listen to Martha Plimpton's interview with Mark Maron. It's really, really good. Also, I listened to the new podcast, Big Time Dicks. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is Jezebel's new news, webs, uh, news podcast. Really liked it. They were talking about the Muslim ban. Most of the podcasts that I listened to this week talked about the Muslim ban. I mean, that's like... The hot thing right now. They did Muslims a, a hot really right good job. They swore a lot. I appreciated it. They just did a really good job. I like this. And um, yesterday, I was watching the new X. Well, it's not that new anymore because now it's up on Hulu. But the Exorcist series with Gina Davis. I haven't seen that yet either. I uh. like it. And I'll tell you this. Okay, two things. What did Gina Davis do to her face? She is beautiful. She's a woman of a certain age. She doesn't need to paralyze her face. She doesn't oh, no. need to fill it with fillers. I, she's playing dead face. She's playing dead face, and I, I long for the days when her face Of moved. old face. <laughs> like, she, does, she is a beautiful treasure. I'm not trying to face shame Gina Davis. She is a great actor, and a great she's human amazing. being, and a great feminist. I just want to say... Don't go changing just to please me. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Let your face, just leave it alone. Oh, and other news, speaking of uh, 
who is it? The the room. Yeah. Crazy faces. Uh, the movie The Room with Tommy Wiseau. They are remaking the book about the making of The Room as a movie called The Disaster Artist with James Franco. And I just found out that is going to be at South by Southwest, which would be the only reason why I'd ever want to be at South by Southwest. Right. So then I rewatched The Room over the weekend because Camillo had never seen it. He was mortified and confused the entire time, as one should be. <laughs> well, understand that Callie's husband, Camillo, is not from these shores. Chilean. He's, ch- he's a Chilean. But I, I think that you would have to be from space to like really identify with what's going on in the room. I think the important thing about watching the room is don't watch the room without a professional room Watch her with you <laughs> to explain. You need a Sherpa. Yeah, you need a Sherpa. Somebody to walk you through the experience. But So then he got really excited and has been sending me clips of Franco as Tommy Wiseau. That's good. I cannot wait. One other thing I wanted to tell you about The Exorcist and that you should watch it is there are not one but two sexy priests. Oh, speaking of sexy priests, did you watch that? What sexy priest? The sexy priest show that just came out with Jude Law. Oh, you the sexy the young, pope, young the young pope. pope. No, I haven't. I was bored to tears. But he does wear an amazing white hat that looks like something Cher or a drag queen would wear. So there's that. It's like I've a con- giant white it. straw hat. But it, if you're like, I'm not sure, and you want to be guaranteed sexy priests who sort of. Then the exorcist is the look? The exorcist is Maybe the they look. should be like a religious sex off battle and they can see who's sexier. I also had this thought while watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine again, (laughs) which was, you know, there's been many different captains over the years. And one of my favorite ones is the black captain, Captain Sisko, who's on Deep Space Nine. And I wonder if he gets shade from the other captains because Deep Space Nine is not a starship. It is a space station. Oh. And all the other captains are captains of starships. So he's Do not you really cuz I feel like it's almost like being captain of an airport. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a really good captain, but he's not moving. You know like occasionally he's moving. They have these things called like runabouts or whatever and they like but they're not meant for deep space exploration. They're le- meant for like going for groceries or whatever. So it's like yeah, being a cop but you're like a mall cop? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering there less prestige for him because he's one of my favorites obviously he's not my favorite because captain Catherine janeway is going to be my favorite but do you think that he has less prestige because he's the captain of a space station probably i mean <laughs> i would think so right oh other pop culture lady gaga gogs the super, bowl, the super gogs. bowl i watched her jump off the stadium that was apparently filmed before the jump Had to was have been. not live yeah but uh, that was all that I saw of it the day after. I was so impressed that she did all of that and was still singing live. You could tell she was singing live. That was very impressive. I would have been winded. At, talk about winded on stage. <laughs> it was amazing. I wasn't sure about how I felt about Lady Gaga until she showed up on um, American Horror Story Hotel. Ah, uh, yes. killed it. And she was serving Catherine Deneuve Realness. And it was amazing. And I loved it so much. Oh, also can't wait for is when this, uh, the um, Joan Crawford, <gasps> Betty Davis, yeah, the feud comes feud. out. Ooh, speaking of Susan the same guy that does um, American Horror Story. Yeah, that is going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Yeah. 
whatever happened to baby Jane. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. I, I just saw the trailer, like or a teaser for it. Yeah, I hope it comes out soon because I need it in my life. Oh, God, I'll tell you that. Um, and here's the, the last thing that I want to say about pop culture before we, I wrap up my epic journey is that I was watching Seth Meyers again. And you know how Fred Armisen sort of floats in and out as the band's leader? Like sometimes yeah. he's the band leader, sometimes he's not. Whenever Fred Armisen is in there, like, and they want him to do something other than drumming, Seth Meyers has him basically lie about something. He's like, first, sometimes he does a thing where he's like, so I've heard you've watched every single TV show ever made, like, what's this TV show about? And then Fred Armisen just like makes up some lie about what it's about. Turn it fast. Right, and then like, the one from Tuesday that I watched today, he was talking about, like instead of the Westminster Dog Show, he judged a Laurel and Hardy show where people show up and dress up like Laurel and Hardy and he judges them like it's a dog show. And like, what? I, it's like stupid and random and like, it's a waste of Fred Armisen's talents. But here's the thing that freaks me out about it a little bit, is that Fred Armisen, he was married to Elizabeth Moss for a very short time mm -hmm. and then they got divorced and she was basically like, he is a pathological liar. Right, I heard and about this. And he is like not a good person. And I think she went, I think it was in like New York Magazine or something where she said like the greatest, his greatest acting role is when he acts like a normal person. Whoa. And then he went on WTF with Mark Maron and was talking about being, you know, in an anonymous group for sex addiction. Right. And basically I've heard this. being like a pathological liar with the ladies, just like saying whatever he needs to say and then ghosting on people all the time. And so I actually find it rather chilling that he that his literally, besides being a drummer <laughs> on Seth Meyers, his whole job is just being a liar and just showing how like casual and easy he is with lying. That is weird. I find it weird. Huh. Have you seen the, uh, speaking of Elizabeth Moth, like The Handmaid's Tale? I've seen the trailer for The Handmaid's Tale. I can't wait. I put it on hold at the New York Public Library so I could refresh myself. Ah. And uh, I thought it came out already. And I thought it came out over the weekend. No? The, the trailer did. Oh. But the actual show comes out in April. Oh. And I want to be ready for it when it comes out. But so does apparently everybody in New York City because the waiting list to read it from the New York Public Library is 200 people long. It's a very good scale of what's, what's popping off in New York is the waiting list at the library. I find it a fascinating measure of what I'm like oh look so many people are thinking what I'm thinking <laughs> if you want to know what people are reading check out how long the waiting list is for 1984 at the oh really Public library yeah that's how Trump Trump is uh I should put my copy on eBay pop culture flip some cash it's like I have an old copy. it's easy to get people just don't want to buy it yeah yeah we watched this movie uh Le Bag Man which I love which is a trauma movie from like... Oh, trauma. Mm -hmm. It was because I was looking for my tax forms and in this brief briefcase that I thought I had my tax forms just had my favorite DVDs. So watch them. So I watched Taxes them. later. <laughs> and Le Bagman is a, it's a Canadian movie. It's a short. It's only 40 minutes long. You can watch it on YouTube. But in... Or it's 20, 20 minutes long and there's 27 deaths. It's like a ballet of death. <laughs> And it was made by these kids that were in their 20s in college, and the blood spray is 100. The special effects 100 is out of 100. so good. It's really campy. It's 
ridiculous, the acting is intently terrible, and the blood spray is amazing. Nice. I would definitely suggest watching that. Excellent. I, I always follow your recommendations. I mean, so many deaths. In such a short, it starts slow, and then before you know it, everybody's dead. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I think I'm tapped out. That was my week. All right. Well, this has been a delight. I love talking Lovely about as pop always. culture with you. I can't wait to do it again in two weeks. We're I'll keep, do I'll it keep all a again. list this time of a more thorough. We're Hopefully, gonna... there's less madness with Trump. But I doubt it. I doubt it. If he's not in the news, he's going to do something to get in the news. Right. So hopefully, actually, there is steady Trump, so he doesn't try to get us blown up or something to even the scale. Either way, we'll be here to talk about it. All right. So we'll talk again in two weeks. This has been Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. With Callie and Emily. Emily and Callie. Bust Magazine. Bust Bust Magazine. Check us out. Bust.com. Read the magazine. Read the website. Get to know us. Bring up the bus, 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 b